Hello and welcome to the Accelerator podcast by Accelerate Coaching. I'm your host Howard Bishop and I've got here with me Ed Miles. First show, we're going to try and see how it goes. We're going to do some scripted stuff, some off the cuff. Hopefully tell you about what we're going to be about in the next few weeks. So the first show, nutrition and mainly about the Netflix series Game Changers. Have you seen it? I've not seen it, but I've heard uh, quite a few things about it. Uh, I've got, I kind of, I've kind of judged it before actually watching it because I've seen a few other uh, similar documentaries on on Netflix. I think uh, one called um, What the Health, and then there was another one. Can't remember what it's called, but they they all seem to follow the same kind of kind of pattern. So I've kind of gotten a an idea about it before I watch it. Yeah, so I I, I agree. I've I've not seen it and purposefully not seen it um, because I wanted to record this first and then we'll come back and address it uh, later. But we'll talk about a few things with it um, as we get through the show. So what the Accelerator podcast is about is really to address important topics that we get asked all the time as trainers on health, fitness, sport and just healthy lifestyles in general. So we'll try and help this along by getting regular guests and uh, interesting people along that help explain what the topic we're about, but then also get into uh, our train like an athlete mindset. So we use train like an athlete as a more of a mantra than anything, and it's a little clever tagline, but we need to uh, enforce what that means. So. What does it mean to you, Ed, like train like an athlete mindset? Uh, well, it's just about kind of, obviously, you, if people associate kind of um, like S&C coaching to, uh, you know, elite performers, like, you know, athletics, they'll have the S&C coach that trains them in a certain way for them to peak at the right times, etc. But I feel like it's not just exclusive to that kind of, that small group. You can kind of apply some of these principles are quite complex that they apply to athletes but this can be applied on in a simpler simplified version to just everyday people so like if somebody comes to me and says I want to I want to lose weight there's things I can take away from that I can use from a program that I'd use for some somebody who wants to so like we've got we've had some GB Taekwondo fighters like you can take some stuff out of their programming and apply it to the person who wants to lose weight in the same way not necessarily the same sessions but you can kind of follow a similar template to what they were doing to help them lose weight if it's appropriate yeah um, I, I agree like I think uh, especially with with the Taekwondo fighters a lot of theirs is about going up and down in weight so it helps exactly. uh, us achieve that with with an everyday customer as well and um, I, I'm sure Ed will, will back me up but when we were at university it's uh, you, you learn on athletes yeah. because that's the extreme and then you learn you you find out how to apply that to everyday people as well. But then when, you, when you're doing your research for these things, quite a lot of the research is done on untrained people, uh, recreationally trained people, mm. and then yeah. obviously there's some on the elite stuff, but you can take stuff out of all of it to then apply it to different training types. Yeah, well. yeah. so I, I, think, I think Ed's hit the nail on the head there about how it can work for everyone. And for me, really, a train-like-an-athlete mindset means that it's a holistic approach so you can't train one specific thing and then let something else diminish and when I did my strength and conditioning uh, course they said to me 
what is sport or what is fitness and, and we had to label it and we started with like five things that are what you get on the textbook for flexibility and speed and strength and then we ended up with about 50 things that make an athlete nutrition supplementation um injury prevention injury rehab um massage anything that comes down that, that line and then and then also physical as well as mental health so mental health is a big thing which we will we will uh, come to on um, a certain week but realistically it's creating a holistic approach and what is good for one person should be good for everyone so that doesn't mean that everybody's not indifferent we do you have to train everybody differently but you can create general um, assumptions on people and then adjust as you go along it's more of like a sliding scale yeah 100%. so you can have um, so obviously you can have a session let's say let's use a session as an example so you've got you can have a session planned out for uh, your average Joe wants to wants to lose a bit of fat, gain a bit of muscle. That's their session. You know, a bit of weights, bit of bit of cardio. But then you could have a, an athlete who's a professional come to you, and you could you could then obviously slide it towards the elite side, advance it in in ways that are necessary using the same kind of structure, the same maybe base exercises, and that'll still be relevant to them. But then again, you could get somebody who's coming with a severe like rehab program so somebody who's got like a really uh, severe injury so you need to kind of <coughs> we'll, we'll obviously need to work to build that same strength so you can use some of those hypertrophy exercises but regress them right but down to their basic form yeah maybe even working in a shorter range just to build up that that um that injured area and then obviously as they progress you can kind of slide it along as well yeah, so it's yeah. just more it's more of a sliding thing Small rather movements than going into big movements yeah, exactly. thing, so, yeah. yeah there's one one uh, client like I can think of uh, off the top of my head who particularly woman she came to us um, trained kind of like your typical training for a while got got in quite good shape lost lost weight leaned up got uh, got stronger etc but then like everybody reaches that plateau at some point or another and it's all about kind of finding new ways to get through that plateau get back on the up again and so we introduced uh, that kind of Olympic weightlifting because obviously mega mobile good shoulder range good hip range etc um, and she was quite naturally gifted at it so we obviously got quite uh, quite developed quite quickly and then um, so now she can she's working on that quite a lot she's incredible an incredible nick just because obviously it's so so taxing on the body yeah. uh, she's got in, getting really strong um, all over the place so yeah she's um, and that's like when the, when a HIIT workout or a cardio workout doesn't quite cut it for her anymore and a strength workout on its own doesn't quite cut it so we put those together and put Olympic lifting in to like HIIT workouts per se so then it, she's getting her strength but it's also tiring her out and that really is is why CrossFit works and CrossFit people like training like sport and we, we will cover CrossFit in another episode we'll need, but, a, we'll, we'll need quite a while to get through that yeah <laughs> So, we're not going to bash it too much just yet, but we'll uh, we'll come on to it. But that's why it, it works because people get tired. It's hard, and it it creates all different types of fitness, and it brings that train like an athlete in, into fruition. Um, the person that Ed's talking about is, you know, she's she's killed it, and realistically, she could go into a, probably a lifting competition. Officer, if we focused yeah, on yeah. that. And she's, she's been doing obviously she's getting a mix of loads of different types of training at the minute she's kind of just in and out of doing different things still because that's what she wants to do she keeps she likes getting it mixed up but if we focus purely on training that I'm pretty sure we could get her up in to compete yeah and she's she's quite area. small so it's done on age and weight categories so she could she could enter it her weight and probably absolutely kill term, it as well in terms of our, 
in terms of our, of all our client base, uh, strength to size ratio, I think it's probably it's mega. Right, yeah, it's probably right up there. Pound, she's probably one of the strongest. We've got. Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, definitely. She's. She's a little pocket rocket. If we'd have not in, included those Olympic movements, I don't think that she'd be as where she is. No. No, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and then. You know, getting people up to that level is, is is what we're all about, and you know, it doesn't. You don't have to do Olympic lifting. You don't have to do running. You don't have to do this one thing. You know, if you want to be good at lots of other things, we can put you into stuff that we can work out. We're trying some of our own events this year for the first time to try and see if we can help people that way and put them into some sort of competition where they feel good, they get a little prize out of it, and they can have a drink at the end and, and, and think they've achieved achieved something. So in the hashtag train like an athlete section, this is where normally our guest would talk about how he or she um, trained like an athlete or found a way he or she could use their mindset to help adapt um, to the situation around them. So how did you, Ed, find that you trained like an athlete? I guess as, as I keep getting progressing more and more, it kind of my trainings evolved to be kind of like an unorganised kind of me just going to the gym doing what I see other people doing when I was about 16 but obviously the more I learned the more I looked into it I started learning more and more and started building a bit more of organisation I suppose that's like what I do the way mainly I do it by learning more because obviously I've done um, PT qualification uh, sports science degree now I'm doing a master's degree each time I've stepped up I've obviously learnt more and more which has enabled me to train like an athlete more more so than ever so now obviously I've, the stuff I learn I then apply to myself and to others um, so I suppose yeah just stuff like that and who, who are your inspirations to help you along that journey uh, inspirations I suppose first inspiration to kind of get into training and stuff was because just, just watching like rugby players obviously most most England rugby players are pretty stacked yeah so uh, obviously by being a fan of them watching them I've always thought right I need to do that myself yeah you uh, look at James Haskell in the jungle yeah, at the minute yeah. he's in he's in great nick and he's a PT as well it inspires young kids to sort of continue on that journey yes yeah, so that's kind of what inspired me to start kind of training to try and put a bit of put a bit of size on like most boys and men want to do um, and then obviously then my kind of idols and inspirations evolved as, as I went through this kind of learning journey so obviously the more I knew the more kind of informed I became I'd, my inspirations became more more like academic focused rather than just people who look mint yeah. <laughs> so because obviously you've got like people who can be mega stacked but then when you watch them train you're like well probably could be doing you could probably yeah. be stronger or they're doing something they're doing or, something that you think you look at it now, now knowing what I know you're like well why are you actually yeah, doing that yeah they're doing something unsafe or they're doing yeah, something exactly. something that's not really science based or, or so now kind of my like inspirations and more now like the guy I, I read a lot of is um, Brad Sch- Sch- Schoenfeld he's okay. you probably never heard of him most people but he's a, he's an academic done a lot of research on kind of hypertrophy strength um, pr- like kind of just addressing kind of like the your bro topics it's like you know addressing some myths and stuff and like find what, a lot of what he's written is really interesting so it's kind of like and can you find him on social media or, uh, uh, yeah he's, uh, he's on Instagram Twitter uh, some of the stuff on Twitter is a bit more academic focused so he's probably a bit boring but then 
some of the stuff he puts on Instagram is quite uh, easy to understand. So if you want to find out any more information, give him a what about somebody more in the public demeanour? Who who would you follow that that's like puts a bit stuff up there a bit more public that uh, people can go, go have a look? Well, um, accelerate coaching. For, um, <laughs> um, we we try and put a lot of our our work into our you know what we see online and we put it into our work we do try and express what new things we see we try them out we see if that's good and we'll, we'll go again so uh, what about you how have you um, trained like an athlete so over over my <coughs> career doing different jobs as, as well as my degree in, um, so like Ed said my personal training and strength and conditioning um, I find it really hard when I haven't got a goal so I, I like to set myself challenge now a biggest driver for me all my life has been my granddad my granddad was an Olympian we'll go on to that in another episode but he he was a huge part of my life when it was alive and then looking back at what he achieved by the time he was my age was absolutely incredible so I always if I'm feeling flat or something I look back to that and it gives me that training mentality and um, things that he did I've got some of his old training diaries it's going back to Olympic lifting again and yeah gymnastics he did things that were so <coughs> traditional but he looked great and uh, you know he got a lot of respect in the sporting world uh, for that um, other people I, I follow towards I, I like like Jan Lemur but like Ed, yeah, Ed yeah. said Jan's very academic yeah if he's probably one that I'd, if you'd not kind of in, academically inclined that I would follow because it's kind of yeah his, his, in, his infographics his infographics are really good bite-sized chunks but you've got to take sometimes with a pinch of salt um, he is quite good at debunking theories but sometimes when you see the best thing you've got to look at the data as well so I like him to, um, to oh, injuries I just thought of one actually yeah go on uh, there's, there's an Instagram page I follow called uh, Squat University oh yeah that's good uh, that's, that. I, I find myself watching quite a lot of their videos because it's uh, that is very he, he's a very the guy who, who does it I can't remember his name but he's a very knowledgeable guy and you can tell that he's done his research and he's mm. academic but then when he puts his videos on online it's it's he addresses like, <clears throat> he addresses problems not just with squats but like with all kinds of different movements and uh, he uses like uh, 3D human anatomy yeah, uh, yeah. thing and on, on this digital good. and he kind of points out exactly thing, like, exactly where problems lie and how to fix them and yeah. stuff um, and that's very easy to understand even if you don't kind of have a basic knowledge like. and maybe maybe it's a point to say that, that train like an athlete it, it, it's all science based but each person is slightly different so you yeah. you might we might plug or ramble something about it might not might not suit you that's because everybody's different so we always talk about that even if you're an injured person or a disabled child or a disabled person that you're going to do things in your own way yeah. so that if you if you do things that are based on science you've still got to find your own way to do it no matter who you are and then that goes from professional athletes down to people with injuries or chronic injuries so no matter who you are you've got to find your own way to, to go about it so the main segment nutrition with the program Game Changers what do you think? well so just a bit of background for anyone who doesn't know what it is or have seen it or anything it's a, it's a documentary that Netflix have recently released um, it's looking at plant-based diets and it's claiming to uh, have real scientific evidence as to why we should all become uh, vegetarian yeah um, and, and yeah so it's getting some traction now as yeah, well yeah a lot of people, lot of people are talking people, about it yeah <coughs> um, it, it seems to be it seems to be that um, 
people will jump onto things if it's popular. Yeah, definitely. And being, then being vegetarian is quite yeah. And then the with minute. the world being so unsustainable at the minute, it seems like that this way is is a sustainable future. Maybe not our future, but young children's future or, yeah. or whatever it may be. But um, I think it's popular for that reason. But also then people like. A reason to 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 lose weight, which is a, which is the biggest thing, and then also find new ways of eating for number one cheaper, and number two easier. Well, so um, to be deba- to be debated, <laughs> but um, we'll talk about a few things and, and what it means to people in real life and uh, the science behind it. So we both admit we've not seen the series, and we've purpose I purposely haven't done that because I want to film this and then come back to it later. But I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to watch it. <laughs> kind of losing my rag a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's. I've, I mentioned earlier that I have seen another one called uh, I think it was What the Health. What the Health. Yeah. And I was fine. I had to. I I think it's like an hour and a half. Got to 45 minutes in, and I switched it off because I was. So yeah, bad. I mean I was the same with a few of these documentaries. You, you get <clears> you get lost in it a bit, especially if you're science based like like we both are. Oh, I've just remembered another one as well. Uh, it's one called The Magic Pill, which is about the keto diet, and if you watch that. You will come. To, there's a, there is a yeah, bit in that 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 uh, documentary that claims that being going ketogenic will uh, cure cancer or help cure. Yeah, cancer. I mean, we could go all day uh, about is, just there, keto. There is actually keto a bit in that. And where, so we're going to have to come back to keto yeah. on on its own and, and maybe talk about a few things that's very popular as well. So what it means to you though is that if you cut meat or meat based or or all even vegan, so all animal product based out of your diet will you lose weight yeah yeah 100% no questions asked me and Ed both agree if you cut something major out of your diet you will lose weight if you ate only meat and cut all forms of carb out of your diet you probably would yeah, lose weight you would lose weight I saw yeah. something on uh, the lad bible not a credible source however uh, that a man ate KFC for a week yeah, and lost and weight, lost weight. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to have some balance we've obviously evolved we've not We've we've evolved into what, evolve, the humans yeah. we are now, eating meat from a very very long time ago. Yeah. So like hunting has always been, you know, like a male role. That's been the male role to hunter. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, gatherers as well. So and it has been a combination of the two. We're not. We wouldn't have the teeth to break and be able to, have the be able to yeah. break down meat, meat if we weren't yeah. supposed to. And the chemicals in our body uh, Ex- as and, well. Yeah. And now we're obviously that fine tuned now that if. I've, I know in some cases uh, there's a, a friend of mine who's who was normal ate meat like normal and then decided to go uh, I think it was decided to go vegan and then it led to a lot of health health complications due to the, yeah, yeah. To that and big that's, gap of nutrients that comes from meat. That's the real science that we'll get into <coughs> about it as well. Is that I know like some people like Ronda Rousey, she the UFC fighter, she um, used to do the thing called the Warrior Diet, which is only raw products so mainly it's, it's fruit and vegetables but then she could eat raw meat as well and, and, and she, I assume that she's done that to stay as lean as possible yeah. but then also uh, lose some weight to get down for her fight which you know she lost that fight I believe but, um, <laughs> that going doing things like that you know it, it is an extreme and they're, they're, they try to do anything to find an edge uh, those athletes but then the thing is as well I think when you get when you've got athletes this is going to be quite a big maybe controversial statement when you've got these athletes who claim to be vegan and vegetarian 
who are so uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, I know a guy, a powerlifter, who's, who's, yeah, who's plant based. Um, and I think one of my friends is really big into wrestling. Obviously, it's not kind of, you can say what you want about wrestling, but they're all in good nick and they're all mm. quite athletic. And he always swears that this guy is is uh, is vegan uh, and he's he's a natural uh, Wait, yeah. natural uh, wrestler. He's like, he's not used drugs, or whatever. Yeah. But you, I, it's for him to be on that vegan diet and to be able to maintain and maybe and build because I think he said that he keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's, it must be so difficult. He's either got yeah. a sports science team that's unreal and is literally tracking everything to make sure that everything is getting all the right nutrients all the right protein and everything mm. then if that's the case then fair play but otherwise I think a lot of these people who preach about being vegan have got to where they are uh, via something else yeah uh, I, I, one of my old uh, lecturers at college uh, uh, Debs if, she, if she's listening she she, uh, she was vegetarian or I don't know if she probably still is uh, and she said she she found it really hard to replace the protein that she missed from meat, um, and she ate a lot of beans, a lot of lentils um, to try and combat that. But you know, it, first of all, is if you don't like that, it's yep. a problem. Um, and number two is that the, the amount is significantly different, which is what yep. game changes really is about, which we're going to go into uh, in a second. But the guy I know power, power lifter he, he ultimately he didn't get the size he was he didn't break his world championship being vegan he converted to be a vegan yeah. he was doing everything that n- everybody else does to get to that size and as particularly power lifters and, and bodybuilders they, they don't get that yeah. size from being veggies and vegans there's no way unless they smash uh, synthetic proteins yeah. the science behind it that uh, the main thing about game changers is it says you get the, the nutrients that you need from a plant-based diet that you would uh, need, you would get from having meat as well. I completely agree. I, I don't, about you, Ed? Uh, you yeah. agree? Yeah. Can you can, but the, then it's the quantity. So what they show is that the amount of protein you can get from certain foods like broccoli and uh, green vegetables. The vegetarians love and, claiming this one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a big one. That the, per calorie, broccoli has the same amount of protein as steak. But no, it's more, it's more, broccoli sorry, had it's more more. Uh, more protein per calorie than steak. However, yeah. <laughs> however, though the amount of broccoli you would have to eat to get your protein allowance every day would be obscene. It would be like we're talking fields. Fields of broccoli. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to. Now this is gonna be controversial either way, whether you agree or you don't agree with us. So please uh, bear that in mind. But the, the if you have let's say even though you're 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 counteracting that with an artificial protein source fair enough but you cannot eat that amount of broccoli every day and not have some other repercussions there's a hundred percent that you're going to get some definite stomach problems coming across with that even if you're used to eating a vegetable diet based diet that is going to cause you some serious distress to start with until your body gets used to it. So whether you're willing to go through that distress is is your is your call. What in our opinion is that to have a meat-based diet it makes your life easier. Yep. And if you don't want to if you want to cut out meat and, and be a vegetarian for ethical reasons, we have a, a couple of customers who are vegetarian for ethical reasons. That's fine and they and they also, you know, see good results and you can get easily amount from cheese as well but then if you're vegan completely that causes you more my mum always used to problems. tell me that to be a vegan you've got to be 
um, creative yeah. and talented at cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're a picky eater, obviously being a vegan is not going to Yeah, so this you. just came to me actually as well. That We had a... My mum is a chef, for the listeners who don't know, but we had a customer once who um, she eat, has function once a year maybe, and she's a vegetarian that doesn't eat eggs. No, she doesn't like eggs, sorry, and she's gluten-free. Oh, yeah. So this per- I, I'm like, what does this person eat? Well, <laughs> you know? yeah, I was at a barbecue once, and, uh, well, so we're at a barbecue, so, you know, a lot of burgers and stuff like that, and there was a, a gluten-free uh, vegan. So she literally had... Uh, salad and not sure well, she couldn't have the salad because the salad had some sort of dressing in yeah. that was bad yeah. so she had like lettuce with some salsa yeah. she's a rabbit and, and I was just like, she's a rabbit I just I, I did not I couldn't think like what she ate you know, know. apart from like lettuce <laughs> so mo- moving on we this is something where we wanted to talk about what we get asked more regular day to day. So Ed's going to address the first issue, um, and then I'll address the second. Going back to game changes, people will ultimately find this a new thing that they've found, and, and it works for them. But I think what, what cause based on my kind of social media, from what I've seen on social media, people will watch it and then say, "Oh my god, this is true. This is true. This yeah, is yeah. true. This is true. I need to stop eating meat straight away." Mm-hmm. They but don't then, think about the they've repercussions. They've not thought about everything else. They've yeah, not thought yeah. about, well, who's made this documentary? Why are they trying to push, push this? So Ed's going to talk about fad diets. Um, and first of all, what are the biggest fads that you've, you've heard of? Well, so obviously we've spoke about vegetarian and vegans. It's going to be con- a lifestyle. It's a bit controversial. Choice, I'm calling yeah. them, classing them in fads. But however, it is quite popular at the minute to be vegetarian, to be vegan. So I feel like some people are doing it because their friends are doing it, maybe for a proper reason, like a, they've uh, they can't eat meat or something like that. And then they're doing it because they've obviously lost some weight whilst they've done it. So they think, oh, I'll do this and lose weight as well, yeah. be healthy. Uh, and then in reality, they like I said, if you're not if you're not talented at cooking and be able to be creative with making different meals you're not going to be able to sustain it because you'll be craving something yeah, that's got I, a bit more flavour I, I think some of these fads is definitely that's got in mind that they make it easy yeah make it really yeah. easy so like I don't know Ed's going to mention it but the 5-2 makes it easy you just eat less which again we'll come on to which is yeah. also controversial and then the, the keto diet as well a lot of people will, when when they, when they read online what you need to do to be to go ketogenic okay so no, eat no carbs and eat no loads fruit, of fat no fructose yeah so they obviously they read There's normally there's like a list of foods that you're allowed a list of foods you're not allowed so obviously people are thinking oh I'm not allowed carbs but then it says mm. in your in your good list it's like bacon cheese beef and they're like oh this sounds actually really good yeah so then they do it and obviously because you then you're, you're literally all getting all your calories are coming from like fatty meat uh, sources You've you've in automatically by reduce like taking potatoes off of your plate, you've already cut your calories right down. 100%, that's what people yeah. don't get. They yeah. think, oh, I'm going into a state of ketosis and I'm burning fat all the time. Yeah, well, that's I and I try and help people with that diet. I, I say, what is your vice? Like, what's your thing? Is your thing bread? Like, cut out bread, you'll lose weight. Hundred yeah. percent. So that's the ultimately what <coughs> the, the game changes goes down to as well. As you cut a major food group out of your diet, you will lose yeah. weight. If you, if you eat well, but then want to lose weight. But you drink a lot, mm. stop drinking, you lose weight. Same thing. We've mentioned keto and, and some of its things. Like keto, I, I, I do. 
It is good, like, but I think it's only a short-term thing. Yeah. Because I- the transition from being a carbohydrate-fueled person to a more of a fat-fueled person. Yeah. It, it has a a period of time where because your body's constantly searching for carbs because obviously carbs are easy to break easier to break down and turn into to energy mm-hmm. than uh, than fat is so it's constantly looking for that easy fix yeah. i need to get energy i need to get energy the least resistance yeah so that's always what it's looking to do so when you when you starve it of carbs for a certain period of time you are going to feel absolutely rubbish you're yeah gonna, you're going to be lethargic you're going to be tired you're going to be um <clears throat> grouchy if you get if you ha- if you get hangry i don't like and you're doing keto that yeah, is going to be that is going to be hell. <laughs> Just don't do it. So, but then once you get through that, you do feel better because obviously your body's used to dealing with that fat, uh, fat source in your body, and that's I think that it does it does work. But like I said, it's not sustainable. So when as soon as I started going back to rugby training. I just I piled in. I was just tired all the time. Yeah. I was mardy all the time. I didn't have enough energy. I just mm-hmm. felt like really tired. So then I started eating carbs again, and I was uh, felt fine. That brings us nicely onto the next one, which. I- um, about feeling rubbish and being hangry is, is the 5-2 and 5-2 makes you lose weight 100% it will, you will lose weight but the be- the worst thing about it in my opinion is the sustainability if you keep doing it week on week on week you're probably going to end up in an eating disorder yeah. it's not not the best way to do it and now it, it in, or should I say intermittent fasting which is the same as what 5-2 two, two does Um now it works 100% it works but I've written an example down here is that to, for us to talk about is Ramadan yeah. so people who do Ramadan is in this essentially a way of intermittent fasting but do they lose weight every single time no they're sensible with it so that they eat as enough calories while during uh, nighttime hours that when the sun comes up again they've got enough stores to replace we have, we have our, our squash coach here he, he, he he's from Pakistan and he, he he weighed himself every day to make sure that he wasn't yeah. losing weight and so that he could still effectively play and coach squash because if not he's going to have a massive crash or a hypo we call it in the sports world uh, and he and then he's not going to be able to function he's not going to be able to coach effectively he's not going to play effectively so and that's the big thing for athletes because if they come over from Muslim country play football in the premiership let's say they've got to time their food so that they're going to train as normal yeah. they've got to train I, like a the, normal for athlete. the athletes that do like, fast and like doing Ramadan and they still manage to like get through it and huge just, respect like, yeah huge massive. respect I, I don't know honestly I, I go like two hours without food uh, and uh, I'm hated by everyone but and the last one we've got here is is the type of meat so cutting cutting red meat or, There's a big or thing, there was a big thing in the news not that long ago causes cancer red meat causes <laughs> cancer that, I think that was the headline but then when you delve into the study that they were quoting it said that it can, it can cause yeah. cancer due to the amount of carcinogens in it On this pa- is that what that what the health um, documentary spoke about a lot it was yeah. talking it was basically saying this one went as far as saying that red meat causes cancer but then so does uh, white meat so chicken has carcinogens yeah. in as well on a packet of paracetamols it says it can kill yeah. some people get really hit up on the diet and they think oh I've had a, I've had a donut that's it I'm, I'm going to be really fat now yeah but I think I've had a donut I'm probably yeah. not going to have a donut for the rest of the week so it's alright mm-hmm. um, I eat red meat I eat fish I eat vegetables um, and I just think if, if you eat too much of anything, it's going to be bad for you. Yeah. But if you eat a balanced amount of everything, it's it's going to be fine. That brings us on to the next thing: is when should you be eating, and 
what really so we get asked this all the time as well and the biggest thing really is about should you eat little and often or three square meals well for instance it doesn't really matter either way as long as you keep calories the same okay so for instance I prefer to eat little and often roughly every two hours um, because it suits me better especially around our working schedule but if if you don't if you get set breaks then eat three square meals but they must be bigger meals so when um, you look at, at food groups um, you need to have a greater amount there or thereabouts of the slow releasing foods and a smaller amount of the fast releasing foods because those fast releasing foods are going to be gone almost immediately like instant spike and then yeah and then they're gone so you need then that store to keep you sustained throughout the day particularly when you're eating three meals a day so if your plate doesn't look like the eat well plate for breakfast how can we do this so i, I went to a lecture it was in uh, leeds um beckett university um and i believe the, the guest speaker was from the university of limerick and i, I apologize because I, I can't remember his name but it made me think and they did a study on protein ingestion for muscle uh, growth repair and sustainability so they showed that 20 grams of protein with three grams of leucine three times leucine is a, uh, a type of amino acid for this yeah. three times a day provides you with the muscle sustain that you need and particularly growth so leucine is a the as i'd said branch chain amino acid that helps repair and build on um muscles so they did it on a non-human so they did it on, in, at cellular level but that's where most medical studies start and um, so what that means in real life is that if breakfast how am i going to get 20 grams of protein now that is quite difficult but if you look at yogurt so 150 grams of greek yogurt should be there or thereabouts getting what you need then if i look to lunch if you're having a chicken breast now generally most people get all their calorie or most of their calorie um, requirements in their evening meal. So trying to split that through the they get bigger day. Throughout the day don't they? Yeah, exactly. So trying to split that through the day is the difficult thing. So now when you try and sort your, fix your diet after this, because we've given you all the tools too, <laughs> is uh, try and add dairy-based protein throughout the day. So if you're having dairy-based protein, like milk or milk's a good one, milk's a good one but it's you've got to have quite a lot. So it's like it's like a pint or half a pint, yeah. half a pint of, of semi-skimmed milk in the morning, or or yogurt. Then, or like I said, 150 grams of Greek yogurt. Uh, that will greater increase your slow-release energy throughout the day. So you've got to think that if you're having breakfast cereal, the only really good nutrients you're getting from that is the milk. Now, could argue fiber. Fiber, some yeah. Some of them, yeah try and increase your protein requirements through the day but that does cause other issues which brings us on to our last segment of the nutrition which is the bro science baffler and uh, we love this bro science um and like we love bashing it and uh, you know critic critiquing it but there is some good that comes out so in the bro science baffler we're gonna we're gonna cover a couple of um things that in, in nutrition that we're gonna try and debunk or provide some science to it is amount of protein intake you go to anywhere now, the shop, the supermarket, the garage, it has some product that is boasting about its amount of protein that it has in it. And it, it's it does my head in though because some of them think 
they, they've got protein splanted all over them. And then you look at one serving and it's got like six grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking at that to be your protein source for your snack your day, or your yeah. thing, it's not, you're going to have to have like three. But then if you add the calories up, it's probably not a snack. Yeah, it's not a snack. It's like, that's like a, you're getting the same calorie yeah. as a meal and you're not getting all the nutrients. As an everyday person, you are there or thereabouts only going to be able to ingest 30 grams of protein per, per meal. Yeah. So three times a day, there or thereabouts. Um, and then if you're sedentary, which means you don't train or, or whatever, you're probably only going to be you're going to be closer to 20 grams yeah. three times a day. But there is a lot so, of variables that do affect yeah, this. Yeah, huge, so, it's massive. So you see, if you go into a protein shop you'll see there's like a lean blend which has got 20 grams in which is like probably pink because they're trying to get women to buy it yeah. and then there's a big horrible green tub in the corner that's got yeah. some it's intense yeah it's got like extreme. It's called extreme or something like that it's got a bloke with his guns out on it and it's mm. 100% yeah, yeah and it's like it says like massive 60 grams of protein yeah and, and then now you're listening to us and you're hearing us go well why do we need 60 grams of protein per serving well so if you're one of the blokes who's on the box and you're muscle, you've got that much muscle mass, yeah, you probably will more. be able to uh, ingest up to uh, 50 grams 50. potentially, depending on how big you are. Obviously, if you're five foot five and stacked, you will probably not be up there. But then yeah. if you're six foot ten, if you're the mountain, yeah, deadlifting a thousand kilos, you probably will be having you know 70 grams. I know of we we, we could go into loads more science about it, but realistically, if you're having more than 30 grams and you're unless you're a professional athlete or as, as I said with a huge amount of muscle mass, if you're ingesting more than 30 grams in one serving, you're just getting really expensive wee. So enough about protein. The next one, uh, no carbs before marbs. Now this is a huge one with uh, social media at the minute, and it's. Um, big with uh, with females especially if you cut carbs it goes back to what we said you will lose weight you cut in a major part of your diet out but for you to do that for a short amount of time let's say six weeks before you go on holiday before you go away you then as soon as you touch carbohydrate when you go away your body is going to go into overload mode because it's not had it for six weeks it's going to try and take it all and keep it all so then that's when people say, oh, I think I'm uh, gluten-free because I'm, I'm getting bloated from bread. And, well, no, if you just moderated your bread, you wouldn't get bloated yeah. because your body's trying to store it and keep it as much as it can. Now, there will be exceptions again, but... That's another fad, I think, being yeah. gluten-free. Yeah, gluten-free. But actually yeah. not being gluten-free. And the last one is uh, cheat meals. Now, we're going to be very quick on this. Ed's got one point and I've got one point. So, um, cheat meals think about it so you eat if you eat 1000 calories a day cuz your your maintenance is like 1500 let's say you're quite a small person mm-hmm. you eat 1000 calories which is 500 calorie deficit every day so then your total calories for the week should be 7000 yeah yeah so let's say you have six good days and then one bad day so on your good days you have 1000 calories each day so you're on 6000 calories but then on your cheat day you have like 4,000. Yeah. You're then on 10,000 calories for the week instead of your seven, which mm-hmm. means you're 3,000 calories above your target. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah. And your body's only going to store that extra. Exactly. So, yeah. So, my only point on cheat meals is go on YouTube, type in Brian Butterfield's diet plan. All that needs to be done. When you've watched it, comment below. Tell me what you think. He 
the uh, comedian Peter Serafinowicz is a genius with that and it was years before Cheat Meals became such a fad so go watch it and it, it'll, it'll highlight all the things that are wrong with Cheat Meals Okay, so we've reached the last uh, part of our podcast, which we've aptly named The Finish Line. So, in conclusion to the nutrition, my opinion is that I say this a lot to customers. If you eat sensibly, move more, and be patient, you will lose weight. But, ultimately, Ed and I both agree that if you put less in your mouth... You will lose weight. (laughs) You heard it here first. Put less in, you will lose weight. Okay? And I know that's not what people want to hear, but if if you put less in your mouth and you be patient, it will happen. Being patient is the is the hardest thing, but it's the best thing to to, for us to be patient uh, you you steadily reduce the amount of calories you're in your deficit, so that's underneath that's amount of calories under your kind of maintenance target so everybody has like a a um, metabolic rate which burn, is the amount of calories they burn without moving yeah so as long as you stay under under that and science says that you should be 500 calories under yeah. well, that's you, safe the problem, like, you, you, there's no harm in going like two weeks with 200 calories under and then increasing it steadily yes. so as your body gets used to it because if you automatically go right 6,000 calories I'm not eating them you're gonna feel rubbish. You're gonna, your stomach's gonna be like, "What is going on?" Yeah. So you just gotta be rubbish. sensible. And then any sort of badness you have, yeah. or cheats you have, your body's gonna store it. Yeah. So it'll keep, it'll grab it and keep a hold of it straight away. It's just gotta be little, little bit, little, little uh, changes can add up to big yeah. changes in, so, in the long run. And again, be patient. Patience. Be patient. Next part of our our podcast is is to bring us onto the subject for next week. So we're gonna play twenty questions. So Ed's got ten and I've got ten. Normally, these are going to be towards the guests, but we're going to quick fire them uh, to each other. So, Ed, favorite food? Uh, Mexican. What is the best supplement that you use or have used? Protein shakes. What, just whey or? Yeah, whey. Um, but I, I mean, I like whey isolate, which is a bit more pure form, but um, generally, if the company has a fewer amount of products, think that they've put more time into researching those yeah. products then. I'm glad you didn't say like mass extreme no yeah. squats or deadlifts deadlifts uh, what's your favourite drink favourite drink oh controversial Mountain Dew <laughs> the person or people you would most like to meet now you remember you could go from history you could say Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I know I said something really controversial then I'm just going to go uh, Rihanna Rihanna okay yeah, she's cool fit. <laughs> favorite type of training um, at the minute it's probably single arm versus single leg um, so in sport we call it unilateral versus bilateral I, I, I'm like exploring a lot more about how you would work single arm especially particularly on your non-dominant side push or pull in a gym sense I thought you were going to say in town um, <laughs> probably probably push but I probably need to do more pull yeah, I think that goes for all That's rugby, uh, rugby all players. The, uh, uh, everybody loves a bit of bench, hates doing scap raises. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one word to describe keto diet. Oh, moderation. Ah, yes. Diplomatic. I yeah. like it. Uh, snow or sand? Sand. Sand? All day. FIFA or Call of Duty? FIFA. Sport. Favourite superhero? Thor. Thor. 
like God of Thunder. Like. Yeah, that's what the long hair was all about, yeah. right? Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses? Oh, easily a hundred duck-sized horses. Imagine, imagine what a, what a horse-sized duck it looks. Like. That's yeah, going to be the most deadly animal in the yeah, world. You've got to, once you've, you've only got to fight the one. Yeah, but imagine hundred of hundred duck-sized horses running at you. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but I'd, I'd like my chances. I'd, I'd, one horse-sized duck is going to be the deadliest animal on earth. But it's a duck, unless you're made out of bread. <laughs> okay, best corrective exercise. It's an open-ended question. For mm-hmm. what? Corrective ex- your for you correcting oh, for your me. exercise. I don't think it's got a name, but it's a prone uh, scap activation. So where you lay on, oh, yeah. lay on your front, and raise your shoulders, yeah. hands. Uh, swimming, so it's yeah, like, it's like a sort swimming. of swimming exercise yeah. on the floor. Because uh, my shoulders are made out of plastic. Yep. If you've got, you've got three dinner party guests, who are they? No. I said it now, I'm going to have to do one. I would say Jesus. Jesus. Put Jesus in there. Uh, um, I'm going to say say Jimi Hendrix and uh, Eddie Jones. <laughs> Eddie Jones. Strong. Rehab or prehab? Prehab. prehab. No, nobody ever wants to be injured. Yeah. So I'd rather prevent injury, prevent injury than yeah. be injured. What area does everybody need to train more of that nobody does train? Oh, you, I mean, you nearly hit the head, nail on the head with pull. I think all over body pull generally is people's weakness. But yeah. um, I'm going to go with what I said earlier on the non-dominant uh, single arm or leg on the non-dominant side. Interesting. Your uh, favourite de-stressing technique? I have two. Okay. Depending on my type of day. Yeah. Uh, I like playing a bit of FIFA. Yeah. It's quite therapeutic. One, yeah. But then also um, beating the hell out of the boxing bag yeah. in a horrible cardio session is pretty therapeutic Yeah. for me. <laughs> Contro- this one could be controversial. Just remember we, we know some of these people. Um, one word to describe vegans. Weak. <laughs> 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 Last one from me. Injury, favorite injury tool or piece of equipment? Injury rehab. Broom handle. Broom handle. That's a yep. good one. That's a I, really good one. I love a good broom handle. More than you would ever think. We use that in the yeah, gym. That is my most, my best mobility tool. Yeah, definitely. After you yeah. avoided the trap by it's not saying foam roller. <laughs> or Theragun. Yeah, Theragun. That's another whole other podcast yeah. again. Who's your dream training partner? Mm-hmm. There's loads of rugby players I can think of, but I've got to go with the main man, Arnie. I'd oh, love to yeah. train with Arnie. I thought you were the rock. Nah, not the rock. Arnie, Arnie. he's the original. He's the trainer. In the... Yes. It brings us to the last bit. So if you want to find out any more about us or um, about what we do, please visit um, accelerate-coaching.com or find us on Facebook at, at Accelerate Coaching or Instagram at Accelerate underscore coaching send any questions in that you have or um, if you'd like to hear more from us um, come train with us speak to us whatever you would like you can find me at on Instagram at bish1990 and ed at eddmmiles on Instagram uh, we're going to have a poll for um, two weeks time in a third episode of podcast on what subject you'd like to hear from find us on Instagram and uh, Facebook to, to hear what we, you want to hear about next. From Accelerate Coaching, signing off.